Welcome back, guys, to the Dream Lab series where we bring you behind the mindset of high achievers. Today, you have me, Audrey, Sabrina, but we're also joined by the full Dream Team cast. We have Stephanie and Christine Guzman. So, Christine, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself since it's your first time on? Uh, gladly. So like Audrey said, I'm Christine. Um, I'm actually Stephanie's sister. Uh, and if you guys don't know, Stephanie is actually Audrey's sister-in-law. So that's kind of our six degrees of separation. Um, I am the oldest of five children, uh, 36, married, and for, uh, I'm a director of marketing at a Fortune 500 company working in the consumer goods space. Um, yeah, so I think that's kind of, you know, my point of view, what I bring to the table and what I like to talk about is really my experience in um, coming up kind of in the corporate space and kind of, you know, not having a lot of that uh, as examples in my youth um, and kind of having to create that space for myself. Um, and definitely being the oldest of five and being Latina has uh, played a major role in, in how that has shaped my journey. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. And hi, everyone. I am Stephanie. As Christine said, I am her sister, Aji's sister-in-law. These girls are just so badass. I'm excited to be working alongside both of them. I'm the middle child of five, um, so that's been really fun. I'm 31 years old, currently married, and I am a photo producer in New York City of a fashion brand. Um, also love what I do. I think that being um, in the creative space really helps me bring a lot of that into what we're trying to do here. And my my background is very similar to Christine, given that she's my sister. It was we didn't have a lot of that growing up to really have someone to show us the way. So it's been a lot of figuring things out along the way. And I think that also gives into my imposter syndrome, which we're going to talk about today. Yeah, imposter syndrome is something that really creeps up uh, when we least expect it. I do want to just share, and Audrey can probably co-sign on this. Christine and Stephanie are definitely just gave you like the smallest piece that they could give you of themselves. They're being They're badass. They're being <laughs> modest. Um, if you've been to a Dream Lab event, all both events happen because Christine and Stephanie poured their hearts into that. I have no creative design bone inside of me and I'm okay with that. Um, but honestly, like it's been an honor to be part of the circle and just to be surrounded by women who are driven the way Christine, Stephanie and Audrey are. But going into like what you just talked about Stephanie, which is like imposter syndrome and how to really deal with that. I, I find that half the time I don't even know that I'm going through an imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. Like I feel it creeps up when you least expect it. Um, or it's happening and you're like, what just happened? <laughs> um, Christine, could, you know, I'm curious to see since you work in a senior role and you work for a Fortune 500 company, how you sort of managed through different times where you might have experienced imposter syndrome. I mean, I can remember not working for, not the company that I work for now, but kind of my first real job um, in corporate and where I started off as a receptionist um, at a showroom for a fashion brand. And then like quickly, it was a small organization. Um, I transitioned into a sales associate role. So if you guys are familiar with the fashion industry, there's like these big trade shows that happen. Um, there was you know, Magic Las Vegas, which is a, a big kind of iconic one that everybody knows about. So my first trip out there, just remember we stayed at the Bellagio, the company paid for everything. I'm like sitting at the pool. And I just remember feeling so out of my skin, like my skin was literally crawling because I just felt like 
I don't belong here. I do not look like any of these people. You know, most of these people, I have never been here before. So I have no idea what to talk about or like really like my circle of friends and kind of what I grew up around was very different and kind of shared different experiences than what these people kind of, you know, they're what, what felt like they were just so much more traveled and cultured and, and aware. Um, and I still have like, I remember sitting by the pool and I had this journal and I still have this journal and like this journal entry where I kind of just described everything that I was feeling and kind of even acknowledging that maybe I, you know, if I do this more, I won't feel like this anymore. Mm. Um, and that's kind of like the first memory that I have that back then it didn't have a name. So like, it wasn't like this trendy hashtag of like imposter syndrome. Like nobody knew what that was. I just felt like I have no business being here. Like I, I'm going to get found out. These people are going to find out that I'm just this girl from Corona Queens that has no idea what she's talking about. And like, she really shouldn't be here. Did you feel like, like you were the only one that was feeling that? Or like, did you even think to yourself, like, I wonder like, if anyone has been in my shoes. I'm just curious, because like you said, it didn't have a name. And the first time that you're experiencing that, you know, I'm just curious to see, like, did you think you were like the only one? And what would you say to someone who might be in those particular shoes right now? I definitely, I mean, I was young. I was maybe, it was in my early 20s. So I didn't think that other people might be feeling that way. I thought everybody else is so well adjusted. I, and I just literally am like the odd one out. Um, in terms of advice, I would say like this has come, you know, the Cliff Notes version of it is like now looking forward, you know, 10 years of being in the career and now, you know, working where I work, um, I've had more experiences like that along the way, but they get kind of, you know, they get less and less, they get lighter and you get more confidence in yourself. Um, and what I learn now is that you know, I'm skipping obviously the big chunk in between of how I got to this, but like the end result and the advice I would give is like just, it sounds so cliche, but cliches are cliche because they're true and people say them all the time because they're so true. And it's just try to be yourself. Like that's really very cliche. But if I fast forward now in corporate, people come to me because of my background and because of my unique point of view and because I don't look like everybody else or talk like everybody else or have life experiences like everybody else because the whole point in today's like in today if you're in business is trying to be unique and stand out because there's so many options right so like in order to do that you have to have a really unique point of view that doesn't look like anybody else and you can't be afraid to not sound or look like anybody else and just have confidence in who whatever you are and you know what you bring to the table which you should never measure against what somebody else brings to the table but just you and what you are so take us back to that moment when you're crawling out of your skin, you're scared, there's all these different people there from different places. So what did you actually do? Did you kind of like go to a corner and observe everybody or did you decide to lean in, introduce yourself and try to break out of that? Um, I mean, luckily I had a friend there, like a girl that she was totally not feeling what I was feeling because she was <laughs> definitely super confident and in this like bikini by the pool and mean mom, whatever, you know, right. But like, um, so I kind of leaned on her and, you know, you make friends and you, my kind of way out of it is, you know, making individual one-on-one -on -one friendships and relationships and kind of leaning um, on the energy that those people create and kind of, you know, fake it till you make it type of a thing and eventually hope that that, that vibe or that feeling rubs off on you. But I have to also say like a lot of times I would think of Steph because Steph, 
you know, maybe she, if you ask her, I don't know if Steph, if like you'll agree, this is true, but like in my perception always of Steph, like I grew up always having to please everybody and feeling like I always had to please everybody or feeling like I was so conscious of how other people perceived me. And like, I had to be very controlled in how I like, what I said I wanted to do or what I didn't say I wanted to do because I, in my mind, I would just be thinking like, oh, how did that sound to that person? And what are they gonna think about me? And in my, in my experience, I felt like Steph from a very young age always kind of didn't compromise what she wanted to do or didn't wanna do. Like she kind of just locked in in her head, like this is just what I think or what I want. And she really could give two shits about like what anybody else, you know, like thought about that. So. I think also I try to imagine other people and like other people that I look up to in those instances and what they would do in the situation and pretend to be them. Like Beyonce has Sasha Fierce. Like I would just pretend to be them in my head in those moments um, and ask how I think they would act. I have an alter ego. Yeah, I do too. I, want to <laughs> I think it's funny you said that, Christine. My, my first business trip was to Miami and my boss at the time was like oh tomorrow we're all going to the beach and I was like do I wear a bikini like what do I wear to the beach with my boss and I was like 22 years old <laughs> but like Latin girls think of this right because maybe this is just in my head but I always feel like Latin girls can't I can't wear that like I would have counterparts at work that were like skinny white girls and they could wear mini skirts and like you know, really tight things, like showing off their curve, their like their body or whatever. And it just didn't look, I felt like in my head, it would be perceived as like too vulgar on me or like coming off as a certain way. I, I would be perceived like I'm trying to assert my sexuality because in my, I have already more sexuality as a Latina, I think, than like mm -hmm. inherently. And so it just is this constant checking yourself of this balance of like, how am I, and I'm not saying like this is correct. Like I'm just, you know, I know this is like a behavior in my mind that I have to like unlearn, but like, it's like definitely this constant check of how am I being perceived right now? Am I being perceived the right way? How about you, Stephanie? Like you work for a really prestigious fashion house and you're so young. How did you feel when you first stepped into that world, working with all the different types of people that you work with? So going back to what Chris said, I feel like I can confirm that that was not the case. I feel like I definitely overthink every single step I make. So going back, I think my aha moment, I remember I used to look up to Chris through everything. Every it was it's so nice. I guess it's so funny to hear that you would you would try to visualize what I would do, but I did the exact opposite and I was like what is it? What would Chris do? What W W C D or what would Chris do? So I feel like the first time Chris brought me to her office and sat me in a conference room, I think it was helping her with like stuffing envelopes or something for some event that you were doing. And I just remember feeling like, wow, I look up to her so much and this is what I want for my life. I felt like she was making, you know, doing something that she was passionate about and she was so happy. And the first time that I stepped into a conference room, I think that was my moment where I was like, do I belong here? All these people, you know, have worked in all these fashion brands across the world, in Europe and, and whatever. And here I am and what do I what do I have to bring to the table? And I just, I felt like if I'm being honest, I did not lean into the moment the first couple of times. It took, it took some time for me to feel comfortable in my own skin. It took some time for me to feel like, oh, my voice brings something here. And I think that's something that I still toil with. And 
I think what has helped me is just remembering, like Christine said, it's, it's your experience and you're there for a reason and you do have something valuable to give. I really think that the thing with imposter syndrome is that everybody feels it. Nobody's immune to it. And the only way to get through it is to grow through it. Like my experience like that is that, you know, I, I'm part of a company in which I achieved a leadership position and every year they held a retreat for the top people in that company, which is probably like a hundred people at that time. And I was terrified to go. And I remember speaking to a mentor and she's like, don't you do that to yourself because there were qualifications in place in order to attend, in order to be invited. And you met, you met those qualifications. So you have a right to be there just like everybody else. So it's like, I had to make sure that I went there and she's like, I want you to go. I want you to find people, introduce yourself to those people and talk to them. And you'll see that they're just like you. And I think that the older we get, the more we realize. And like, again, like Christine said about cliches, nobody knows what they're doing. Nobody right. knows. Nobody Everybody knows. <laughs> has no clue. Her boss has no clue. They're all just making that's, it up. You know what? That's actually helped me too. The further yeah. you get, the more you realize we're all just trying to figure it out together. And I think that is what helped. Like we're all a team. We're all, we all have the same goal in mind. And there's no, you know, me versus you or whatever. You know, it, I think that's a really great point. The first time yeah, I got that to a position where I realized nobody knew, I was like, wait, I thought that you guys did know. Yeah. Um, but it just made me feel so good because I was like, oh, wait. I thought, because I had a little different experience with imposter syndrome where I, the reason why I asked that, Christine, was because I thought I was the only one experiencing that. And so for a good part of like my early 20s, when I didn't feel like I belong somewhere, I just jump ship. <laughs> I was like, okay, I definitely don't belong here. I, it didn't necessarily stifle my career because I could, I was just like, maybe this isn't the place for me. Like, I feel like I don't belong here. Like I feel, but I, I wasn't, and I still am not always great at this. I'm not comfortable. I'm not good at feeling uncomfortable. It's like my new thing for 2020. I'm like, just get, get good at feeling uncomfortable because like you, I think it is an older sibling thing. Like I was always the one in the family and in like groups where it's like I had it looked like I had it figured out. So right. how dare I look like I don't have it figured out? You're the oldest sibling. I just realized. Yeah, and it's it really <laughs> does play something. You I mean, all makes sense now, guys. Yeah, well, you, you that you know, there's so much on your shoulders that you kind of take it on yourself, but it does become part of your identity, right? And so that's why I asked, and I'm I'm glad that you shared some experiences to get past it, because it's not something that I look back and regret on, but I'm like, if I just had someone, or if there was, I'm older, right? Like I'm 40, so we weren't YouTubing things the way we are now. If I just heard somebody's story that told me that this was normal, I might've stuck it out at a couple places a little bit longer. And then now with experience and mindset development, I'm in a much different place, but yeah. I mean, I and think there's a element of it of like, there's a, so many stages to imposter syndrome because there's a stage of like, you really, it's so emotional and there's a lot of uh, like learned behavior subconsciously that you don't know where it's coming from, but you just feel this like self-doubt and self, it's like maybe hate is a strong word, but like self-depreciation, like you just aren't, it's, you're definitely not in a space of self-love. Like you don't love yourself because you don't think you're worthy enough to be in these situations, right? But even like 
beyond that, like once you kind of get over the emotional side of it and you kind of feel like, okay, I've worked this out. I do kind of, I am coming from a place of self-love. Like then there's like all the mental stuff of like, like it doesn't really stop. Like you could kind of anytime, I actually think that if you're not feeling imposter syndrome, you need to level up because mm. I think that you don't actually ever stop feeling. You shouldn't ever stop feeling uncomfortable to your point of like, once you feel totally comfortable, like I've got this all figured out, I'm coasting. Like, okay, like what, what's next for you, right? You're not growing. Right. You're not growing. So you need to embrace this feeling. I totally agree with you of like feeling uncomfortable because that's makes, that's like, you're now, you know, like Mario Brothers, like you're now on the next level that you haven't practiced for and like you need to figure out this level. And like that's, yeah. that's, that's going to be uncomfortable. But it's not something they tell you when you're kind of going through that, right? That because the people who are at the top, they don't look uncomfortable. But like you said, no one. But at, at the end of the day, they are. <laughs> they've gotten past that first stage. Yeah. The first level is all about how you feel inside. But once you've passed that, like you still have like, what is a, what is a, um, there's like inherent like human needs or whatever. And like one of them. Maslow's is, hierarchy of needs. Like, right. Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like you need to be loved by other people. Like you need to feel love. And like, that's kind of where it all comes back to when you're in this uncomfortable situation where you feel like you're constantly comparing yourself to the people. Are you as good as everybody on this level? Are you operating at this level? Like, are you getting everything out of this level? I also feel like to that point, I think once you get to that level where you know that you have to work your ass off to get there, you love being uncomfortable. So it's, you know, it's what's the saying? Like people who feel stressed out, the way that you can switch your mindset is by knowing that your body's getting ready to do something exciting. And it's mm. not like you're stressed out. You're, so I feel like when people are, you know, becoming everything they want to become, it's they love to be uncomfortable. So it's switching the mindset. Totally. What I are, love Oh, it's all right. I love that we think this way because I was just thinking about the members of the collective probably feeling this way and then being in this group with other women that are honest enough to be vulnerable about feeling like a fraud sometimes, feeling like they don't know where they're going, even though other people look at them and like, no, but not you. You have it all together. Like, that's why as women, these conversations are so important for us to have. It's also one of the things that you just said, Andrew, when you start to feel that uncomfortable or, or, or the, is somebody that you know going through this or if you're in the collective, if you're going through this, one of the things that I didn't realize is like what Steph said, is like, this is a good sign, right? But we're often taught that it's a bad sign, that like it's like a run the other way direction sign. And it isn't, it just means that you're about to level up and you know, we just have to like rename it, like Stephanie said, rename it. And it means something else. It doesn't mean that you're a failure. It doesn't mean you don't know what you're doing. It means that you have to step up and you have to do things differently because who you are now is not going to get you to, you know, fit into that role. Um, I have a question since you guys have had similar experiences and different in some cases, and this really goes to any of three of you. What are some real tactical things that you've done. Christine, you mentioned you were journaling um, that help you when you're going through that. Like what is something that you, is your go-to? Is there like a book? Is there a podcast? Do you journal? Just curious, like how you kind of take control of that situation. I mean, me personally, back then journaling was just a way that I, just to get out of my own head. So I wasn't like, you know, 
panicking or having anxiety attacks and like just put it out outside of me. Um, now I will say preparation is really key. I never used to be somebody who prepped. Like I just would like show up. I trust, I trust my intuition. I trust what I'm going to say. Right. But like, as you continue to level up, you realize that if you, you're always going to have some level of like stress. And like when you, when you're saying Audrey, like when you, right before you go on stage or something, right. Like that adrenaline, right. That adrenaline you could mistake for fear, but maybe it's adrenaline and use it in a positive way. And like, if you want to be able to channel all that anxiety in a positive way, you got to make sure that you do everything possible so that you're not freaking out in your head. Right. And so like now when I have a big meeting and I know that I'm going to meet and it's with people that are way, you know, like above my pay grade and it's like, it's a visibility opportunity for me. Like I know I'm going to have some level of imposter syndrome. I make sure that I'm prepped. Like I know everything I'm going to say, even if I never end up saying any of it, but like, I know everything on the back of my hand, like, my go-to, my facts, my information, and I prep like the shit out of everything. And then I can go in there and just be myself because I know somebody asked me something, like I can lean back on it. And I think you could apply that to a lot of things in life. Like as you get older, you realize when your parents were like, everything takes work, you have to put in the work. Like, and we all kind of ignore them. Like it's so true. Like you have to, you have to put in the work and every on everything that you do if you want to see, if you want to feel different, if you want to see those results. I think for me, uh, one of the things that I've seen people talk about it, but we don't do enough is celebrate our victory, celebrate the great things that we've achieved. I think I, I definitely know Sabrina and Christine and I are kind of um, what we call an Enneagram three, which are high achievers. We're always thinking about what's next and we only feel as good as our last accomplishment. And then it's like, okay, now I have to go achieve something else. And it's also that mindset that keeps us stuck and feeling less than like, okay, I did that, but that was last week. Like, what am I going to do next? And we don't take enough time to sit like, wow, I did that and I did this and I've learned this. And now I'm friends with these kind of people because I deserve it. It's the kind of person that I've become after pouring so much into myself. Yeah, I think one of the biggest shifts I've made is trying to do more of that. It doesn't come easily, but also really almost like enjoying the lessons, right? Because like Christine says, like I, I was like that too. Sometimes I'm like, I know myself, like I know I can do certain things. I'll follow my intuition. Um, and I thought that the work looked different, right? And once I realized that the work is really in, like you said, really, what are the steps that's going to get you to that comfortable spot? And so what that really did for me is identify, like, when when am I, there are certain times where I don't know if you guys have felt this, but I'm in imposter syndrome situations because, like, I oversold myself. <laughs> because I was just like, I'm going to be in that room. <laughs> and then I'm like, I'm in this room, right? So the work is going to look different for a situation like that versus like a situation where like I kind of walked in and I'm like, I know, but there's always work like what Christine says, whether it's like prepping mentally, prepping, making sure you know your stuff, whether it's for your job or your business, you have to know every single piece of what it is that you're trying to do that even. And, and if you did oversell yourself, I don't think it's a bad thing, but you have to then recognize it and realize where you have to go and how are you going to step into those shoes? Um, because if you were able to imagine it and make it happen, you had, you, you had value presentable presented at some value up front, and now you have to like back it up. Yeah. I feel like I, 
what I'm a list girl. I like making lists and I think it's really helpful because I, I have my, this is bad to say, but my attention span is very short. So I can't fully think up things if I don't make like bullet point lists. Um, and the other thing that I find, it's kind of cheesy, but I do it. I, I like to stand in the mirror and kind of call out my neck. I feel like I self-sabotage a lot. And I feel like that's something a lot of people can probably relate to when, when they're when they feel imposter syndrome. So I, I sit in a mirror and I like talk myself through it. I'm like, why am I feeling this way? I'm the one that's doing it to myself. I'm the one putting up those walls. And you kind of talk yourself through your mentality and you switch it. So I feel like that's when I'm in a really tough place and I'm really like freaking out about something that it helps me. I, I used to do the same. And I think the more you do it, like it becomes almost second nature to you. Like anytime you feel an emotion, quickly your brain go, your brain dissects it right now. And it's like, where is this coming from? Is it me? Is it, it really something happening outside of me? And like, I think that's, a of, that's key. A lot of the times you're creating a scenario that doesn't even exist. hundred mm percent. -hmm. I would say 98% of the time you're creating a scenario. Yeah, I love that stories. because that's growth right there. Like the two things that you guys identified is what growth is. And it's really what I hope women learn out of being part of the collective or any dream lab event that they go to is to recognize that a lot of this is outside of us, but we have to learn the ways to be able to, I don't want to say manage because it sounds a little like go off word there, but just to be able to take ownership of it and, and not let those emotions overpower us. Cause I'm the same way stuff. Like I, I self, I'm queen self-sabotage or I used to be, um, because of like what Audrey said. So if I don't feel like an achiever and if I don't feel like I'm the best one in that room before I'd be like, all right, um, um, this is not the place for me. And now like, I look forward to being in rooms where I'm not, I, I don't want to be the one that where I know everything because then I'm not learning. I'm not growing. And I, I want to kind of stay in that uncomfortable space now, you know, it takes, it's not easy, but it's worth it. So where are you girls currently feeling imposter syndrome? Hmm. Um, so we just made our big, our first big investment, me and my husband. And I feel like, who am I? Why do I, you know, we just purchased our first home together. And I just, that's an area that I'm every day I wake up, I feel so grateful for it, but it's like, how did I get here? I'm still a child who allowed us to do this. <laughs> like, uh, as I, and I have to, you know, I, every day I practice gratitude and I'm like, this is amazing. I'm so happy that we were able to do it together. But why did anyone allow me to own a home? I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, I feel it right now, just recording this with what we're doing with the Dream Lab. And, and to be honest, like, I feel like a lot of people might look at me and be like, oh, she's so disciplined. She's so consistent. She's got it all together when obviously I really don't. Well, I know that obviously in my own life, I don't. But the reason I want to share that is because it's important, because if I tell you guys that I feel it and then I question myself sometimes, but I still show up for myself every day, then you know that you can also. And it's always going to be part of the process. But what are you doing about it? Because then it's the kind of thing that could like eat you up alive, keep you in your comfort zone forever and never move forward on any of the things that you feel in your heart. Yeah, I definitely feel it like right now <laughs> and <laughs> in creating all the spaces. I think it comes from two things. One, when you've worked when you've worked on big projects that have like big budgets and have a huge teams, um, you kind of set those expectations on yourself, too. And I'm not saying that 
what we're doing is less than, but it's the four of us here, right? So for anyone watching, the four of us will sit on a Zoom call and try to figure each piece out. Um, but I'm, I'm actually now feel grateful and proud of like everything we produce because I know that it's always produced with the best intention, with our hearts and it can, we can only grow and we've learned so much from each step we've taken. Um, I mean, I don't know, like I feel like my outside of me life, I don't really feel imposter syndrome right now, but I have been on this like internal journey where mm. I think the more you do and the more people like depend on you or look up to you, it puts a lot of pressure on yourself. And like, I, that's why I'm really uncomfortable uh, still in my life with like praise or having people like say nice things about me because I feel like, is that really true? Like, am I really a good person? Like, do I genuinely mm. have the best intentions? Do I genuinely have, do I genuinely feel this way? Like, you know, am I deserving of this? Like, yeah, I can do things. Like physically, I think like I'm I'm pretty comfortable now in, in acknowledging that I have a talent or skill set of like doing things, right? But like, who am I inside? I think that's where I'm now I feel a little bit of like more of the focus of imposter syndrome because I just want to make sure that in my heart and in my gut, like my intentions are matching up to um, kind of my outside. Um, and I don't know, that's, that's more of the internal battle and the struggle of like, am I as good of a person as I'm projecting to be? And like, that's the imposter syndrome that I'm dealing with. That alignment. I'm glad yeah. you said that because a lot of people look at me and they say, like, you're so consistent. You're able to work out every day and do all of that. It's like, but each of us is always struggling with one area in our lives in which we're trying to iron out who we really are. So my journey right now is similar to yours where I'm really looking at boundaries and self-worth and doing inner work like that. So, you know, for someone else, it could be like getting the discipline to work out every day, to stick to their nutrition. And for me, it's that inner work. Yeah. Same here. I think all of 2020 was inner work for me Yeah. because, you know, like Christine says, like I want, you know, because imposter syndrome comes in so many ways, right? Like I don't want to be looked at like as a fake person, right? And then if, but if I even have that thought, that means there's inner work to be done, right? Like why, why is that thought even coming up? Where is the misalignment? Where is that? Like what Christine said, which is like, it's really about self-worth and going through that journey and feeling worthy to get the house, to have, to have all the things that you really desire, right? And ultimately feel happy in your skin, regardless of the titles and the circumstances and whether you wake up every day to work out, yeah. So we are coming up at time, I'm, well, one, I just, I'm glad that we're able to share this here because for those watching, this is how every Dream Lab meeting starts. And <laughs> we digress from our timeline and our agenda all the time because I think like the four of us have just been, we've been able to like lean on lean on each other through this process. And we've been doing this since, is it 2018? I lost track of the years in 2020. <laughs> um, but I do know that I'm just grateful to be in this space with the four, with the three of you. Um, and, you know, just looking forward to what's to come. But before we wrap up, I do kind of want to just share one, you know, if there is just one 
statement that you could share, like your life motto, what is that? Oh Lord, on the spot. <laughs> life motto. Okay. What what's the affirmation of the week then? Mine is what I like my my acronyms. A B G. Always be grateful. I really like I think that that for me, any with anything you're going through, whether it's imposter syndrome, if you feel if you're feeling like you have something that you you don't feel like you deserve or you're there yet, or if you're in a position where you don't feel like I I can, you know rise to the occasion, just be grateful for being in that position. And I think that level sets all the emotions. And it, so it's any time that I feel happy, sad, excited, I'm, I just make sure that I take a moment and, and be grateful for it. I love that. I love that too. Um, I don't know, the one that comes to mind, I don't know if it's my like, life motto, but the one that comes to mind is address the mess. Because um, <laughs> I feel like I, this has served me to, and probably to a fault for some people. Like if there's something off and like, I just have this off feeling in my gut or like, I'm just walking on eggshells or whether it's with my husband or with somebody in my family or somebody at work, I can't, I can't operate like that. Like I can't then show up the next day and like have a normal conversation and just sweep it under the rug and deal with it at some point if something happens, right? Like I have to address every like uncomfortable feeling or moment. And I have to like, get it out of my 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 freaking way like energy set you know and like for me that is just enabled me to always keep a clear path forward and not have any blockage in my life for like for the next step um because i think when you let things accumulate and you let things pile up and it could be like these underlying topics or issues that you're just not addressing because you feel like they're not a big deal or like eventually they'll work themselves out like i think those are energy blocks and they kind of block they, they block opportunities, they block openness, they block like just abundance coming into your life because you're not dealing with the issues that you have at hand. No, that's deep. <laughs> um, for me, it's a Henry Ford quote, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. Because it's all about our perspective. You can look at something and you can say, oh, I can't because of X, Y, and Z, but you can take the same reasons and say, I have to because of X, Y, and Z. For me, um, it goes back to the inner work. Just this whole year, it's been, I'm worthy because I am. And until I start to embody that fully, which I'll, I'll admit, like I still have work to do, that'll be it. Like I'm worthy because I am, full stop. I love that. So thank you guys. Um, We'll be doing more of these roundtables. Um, so for anyone watching, just to let you know, it is the four of us. For the most part, you'll see um, sometimes Audrey and I doing interviews, but individually sometimes. And also some of the conversations will be led by Christine and Stephanie. So we're super excited because not only do we get to really put out the work that we do, but bring like a really dynamic, diverse conversation that I think truly will serve women um, and be just like gems that they can like use as they go about building their lives and growing themselves. Amen so, to that. Yes. So thank you all and goodbye. Bye guys. Thank you.